Welcome back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike, and I got my line mate Matt with me. And today, we're going to go over some Blackhawks news, the past couple Blackhawks games. And we've got some NHL news for you. Um, Jonathan Quick, uh, we want to talk about him a little bit, where we think Kaner is going to end up in the offseason, and, um, and some NHL talk. So, to start things off, the Blackhawks are on a current three-game losing streak, which Actually, they could be on a eight-game winning streak, but a lot of their games have been close, and they haven't been losing by, you know, really big margins. Say five to one, six to two, things like that. They've been losing games four to three, you know, three to one, which is uh, which is pretty close. Matt, um, do you think that because the trade deadline's over, you know, it looks like you know Kane's gone. Taves is is on on long term uh, on the LTIR. That team is like you know what the, the like the shadow of the old dynasty is kind of not looming over us anymore. Um, can we? Pl- they're they're kind of coming together and playing. Or do you think that guys are are getting more of an opportunity because Kane and Taves are not on that team? Yeah, I think guys are getting more of an uh, an opportunity, and some guys are. This is like a tryout for them. You know, they want to. Some guys want to prove to the organization and even other organizations that, hey, we're good players. We're we're on a bad team right now, but we're going to play hard to the end and play the spoiler role maybe. But I think the guy benefiting off Kane being gone is uh, Tyler Radish. I mean, he's been playing very well. He's getting more ice time. Uh, Lucas Reichel obviously is getting the call up. He's probably the next face for a while, if you want to call it that. And it's right now it's a big showcase and um i think the players got to take advantage if they want to get some uh you know some contracts for the next seasons i want to talk about gutman for a second do you think that this kid has completely flown over under the radar and could be kind of like a braden point i don't know about that yet i'd like to see him play a full season but uh yeah there's there's a couple of guys that just kind of came out of nowhere after you know this trade deadline and it's yeah. just waiting for that opportunity. And uh, even like Ian Mitchell, we've always said he needs an opportunity. This guy needs to play, and we need to see what he's got. And uh, like I said, now now's the time to do it, and maybe next year too. So they gotta they got to play their hardest and prove to Davison that they belong and show the city what they got. You know, um, I was I've been watching Ian Mitchell closely all year, and recently, yeah, I wouldn't say recently, but I would probably say like the past couple months. Um, well, I would say at the beginning of the season, you know, he he had limited playing time, and um, it looked like he was kind of afraid to kind of play his game. And as time has gone on during the season, he seems to be more and more comfortable with the puck. I have seen him make some really, really good passes, make some good outlet passes. His defending has gotten better as the years has gone on. I'm not going to say it's a strong point, but I'm going to say it's gotten better. But I think that um, getting him involved in the rush and getting him on the power play would be a wise decision for the Blackhawks. Maybe on that, uh, maybe on that uh, power play two unit have him lead that power play two unit because obviously Seth Jones is on that on the first one. But um, I think that if we were to kind of involve him a little bit more, I think that he would develop uh, a lot better because 
This season, man, I think it was supposed to be his season to allow him to really kind of get out there and get a feel for the NHL, and that hasn't happened. And as the year has gone on, and as they've been playing Caleb Jones more and not Ian Mitchell, I've been getting like this Nick Letty vibe from him and from, uh, you know, Coach Richardson. I'm um, kind of like what Q is like, you know, didn't want to play him. Letty showed a lot of promise. I thought that he was a really good player, but he didn't want to. He didn't want to develop a. A young guy. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm kind of getting that feeling a little bit with Richardson and Mitchell. Yeah, I hope not because Nick Letty was, I mean, a great defenseman for a while. I know he's still he's, an everyday player. He's, he's kind of hopped around since his Islanders days, but he was really good, even for the Hawks. And there were nights where you, you kind of scratch your head with Q. He would put in Michael Roosevelt because he could oh. he could trust him and stuff. I'm like, you sure? Like, are we watching the same game? Because that guy is a turnover machine. He's very slow. Nick Letty's young. He's fast. He can recover. He's got a little offensive-minded to him. And, you know, it, and like you said, Q I didn't want to deal with it. And uh, he ended up going to New York and played very well for the Islanders, man. I thought he was a, an important piece a couple of years. And obviously they, they let him go because of the, the cap hits and younger guys moving up and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I hope they don't make the same, you know, mistake with uh, Mitchell because... You'd hate to lose a like a Nick Letty like guy like that when I mean it's we're not playing for anything right now. Now's the time. I'd I'd like to see him paired up with Phillips because they complement each other a lot. I don't know if you remember the yeah. the early rookie days of uh, Keith and Seabrook. Those guys played together for eighty two games. I I, I right. remember it like yesterday because I was at the United Center all the time. That's all I wanted to do, and it was. Siebes and Keith, yes, they made mistakes. Yep, they they lost a lot of games, but they learned to play together, and look what happened. They ended up, you know, playing. Sometimes it felt like 30 minutes a game in the playoffs, and they got three Stanley Cups, and they're probably going to have their numbers retired in the future. That's how good it was. So not saying those guys are going to, it's going to happen with those guys, but you got you to gotta give them time to, you know, develop and get some chemistry together. Yeah, I think that they play a lot. They played a lot together in Rockford, and I don't know why they're not pairing them up at the NHL level. I agree with you 100%. I think I actually mentioned this in an earlier yep. podcast, yep. but uh, I, I think that they're eyeing Alec Regula and Korczynski as well because they paired them up at the beginning of like the prospect camp, and apparently those dudes... Uh, play, those dudes played really well together. So um, there's a lot brewing, you know, going on. I think, you know, like as of right now, we're not really seeing what's going to, you know, happen next year. Some people are thinking it's still going to be a rebuilding year next year. But if we get Connor Bedard, I think that that is, I don't want to say the end of the rebuild, but that's the end of the, I think, sell time for the Blackhawks. I think that Davidson is going to be looking to in putting together a young, um, a young team um, that's going to learn with each other and a couple veterans to kind of you know like maybe keep Anthony Cu and re-sign Domi in the off season as kind of like a veteran presence um, going forward. Yeah. But on top of that, you know we, we've been talking about a lot of prospects, usually defense um, and you know some wingers, but uh, we need to. T 
talk about some centers and some goalies, man, because you're not going to win a cup if you don't have if you're not solid straight up down the middle. And we've got a lot of guys, namely Lucas Reichel, who's playing wing and in, in the NHL, and he's a center. You know, the same thing happened to Kirby Doc. He was a, drafted as a center. But we're playing wing. Have, have it, we're having him play wing because he can't win a faceoff, you know. So what are the Hawks going to do? Are they going to try to address that need in the offseason by signing by signing someone who could win faceoffs? Are we going to dr- get lucky and draft a guy like um, like like Taves, who's been you know so consistent at the at the faceoff dot? Because we need to be able to control the puck. And Drew Camesso is at you know, I think. Be you right now, you know how long is he going to be there, and how long is it going to take for this kid to uh, get up to the NHL level? Is it going to be three to five yeah, years? Always take a while. Yeah, yeah. you know and w- what are we going to do in the meantime? Because um, it's not looking good right now on the on the the goalie aspect of the game I, or of our team. Well, this draft, obviously, you have to pick the best available guy. The first the first overall pick you get. Right. Maybe that Tampa pick, you start filling in, like you said, you start, hey, our center depth is kind of low on the, the chart, and hey, we need a goalie. We need an elite goalie. Maybe that's what you do with that, that Tampa Bay pick. But uh, we got a lot of picks, so he's, he's going to have a, this is going to be a big prove it year for Kyle Davidson when it comes to the draft, because last year he kind of, you know, he fell into the job and it was, the draft wasn't that great, but he he did well. I thought he, Korchinski was yeah. a great pickup. Uh, Frank Nazar, uh, the, the, Frank Nazar for Kobe for Kirby Duck, I think is a we'll steal. We'll see. So far, Frank looked good in his last college game. I watched a little bit of it. He looked good. He won a key faceoff and um, actually a couple key faceoffs. He they had him at center, but I don't think he's going to play center at the NHL level. I think he's kind of small, but you, you never know. But yeah. this year's draft, it's going to be huge for Davidson. He's got to, like, we got to start adding to that depth chart for sure. Right, right. So the Blackhawks lost to the Wings 4-3. to three. Um, That was, um, I, I actually didn't watch that game. Uh, but uh, I watched last night's game versus Tampa. And I'll tell you what, they didn't look like they were, uh, flat, you know, <laughs> like fish flapping around on the, uh, you know, like a fish out of the barrel, you know, type usually of a thing. Usually against Tampa, we are. Usually it <laughs> yeah. is, man. Usually Tampa runs over them, you know, and that was not the case yesterday. And it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was from Tampa playing bad either. I thought that they were playing well. I thought Morazic seemed to be, um, seemed to be dialed in yesterday. He was moving around. He made some really, really good plays. Um, Back to back, too. Um, he played. Yeah, back to back. Yeah, nights. he did play back to back. He played well against the two Florida teams. Panthers. They Blackhawks lost to the Panthers. I should have mentioned that. Um, you know, actually, I kind of want to get into that before I, I get into this Tampa oh, Bay thing. Yeah. What is going on in in Florida, man? Last year, you know, obviously they fired Coach Q. Uh, Andrew Brunette took over the team. That was at the beginning of the season, too. Four, Andrew four Brunette, five, six games in, right, or something like that. Right. I think they're on. A, I think they're on an eight game I'm winning wrong. streak. No, at no. The time. Q had a ten game winning streak at the beginning of the okay. season. Yeah, and then all that stuff came out where he, you know, we don't want to get into, but he sure. resigned and Andrew Brunette took over. And I thought yeah. he did a great job. He, I think yeah. he was a nomination for the Jack Adams. Yeah, I, I, I think rightfully so because he just kind of took off where where Q left off, and uh, you know the Panthers got to the playoffs, lost, and um, 
and then they they moved on from him. I would have given him another shot if he would have if he would have taken over, and then that team immediately went on like a fifteen game twenty game losing streak, and then ended up not even making the playoffs. At that point, I'd say, you know what, this isn't the guy. Yeah. Q was our guy. He was Q's guy. You know. Let's it's it's time for us. We need to find a coach. But that wasn't the case. Florida w- went on, man. You know they, they just kept on, kept it on, and uh, and they ended up losing. You know, like they have been previously. But I think that's more on the team than it is the coaching. Yeah, they ran into Tampa, just a better team. And right, you know, uh, Spencer Knight came in there and won a couple games, and uh, they went back with Bob, and they lost. And Tampa's just a better team, and it's just it sucks that they ran, they kept running into them all those years. But it's how it goes. It's like uh, Vancouver with the Blackhawks; they were a good team. Minnesota but, with the Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we could probably say the more more accurately the Predators and the Blackhawks yeah. because Central Division. They kept yeah. on running other. They kept on running into each other, and it's really, um, you know, I, I I just I'm just drawing a blank, man. I, I just don't know why they would do that. Why do you think that they would move on from Brunette? even though that he had a lot of success with Florida and now he's doing great with, with Jersey because Jersey wasn't doing anything yeah, last year. He's on the assistant coach. Uh, he's with Lindy Ruff and the Devils and the Devils, you know, they're surprising people. They are. Yeah. They've got, uh, you know, they've got Jack Hughes actually kind of being worth his salt over there now because what he had, I think, 60 points in three years, yeah, like two, yeah. three seasons with them. Up, up until now, it almost now looked like it was going to be a bust, and he, you know, he just kind of said, "You know what? I'm I got to play better." And he's been very good. And he's he's pretty streaky though. He, yeah, but you know what? I I couldn't believe the amount of assists he's putting up, and it's yeah. impressive for him. He's not a big guy; he's almost like a little caner size type guy. But t- uh, the Devils are building a really good team. They got Timo Meyer at the deadline, a really good thirty Great goal scorer. Yeah, and they got. They got uh, their. They like their goalie. I think it's uh, Vanch, Vanacek or something. But uh, I I couldn't tell you. I'm not a big Devils guy. I haven't really followed the Devils since Marty Brodeur, Scott Stevens days. But uh, yeah, they're. I mean, they're sitting in. Uh, I believe uh, second, third, third. No, no. I'm sorry. Second in the Metro right now with 92 points. Only 16 losses. That's pretty damn good season for them. And then we go back to Florida, which who are getting into. They they're on the outside of the wild card right now. They're they're down ten points. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. They're down three points to the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders. So they better get get their butts in gear because uh, they could they can miss out easy. There's some good teams still in the hunt. I'll tell you what, man. Tampa is is like uh, they don't give a shit where they come in into the playoffs. They're just looking to make it in. And then they're going to start doing their damage. Well, here's the problem: you you just barely squeak in as a wild card team. You're facing Boston. Those guys are fifty and nine, fastest team to, to fifty. Face wins. them anyways. Well, it's true, but you know your first round, you'd like to be comfortable. You know, you don't want to be sure. like on just barely getting in that the next like the day before. You know, when the season ends. Sure. So. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be rough either way for the Panthers. But uh, do you think that, like, say Tampa, after you know three consecutive years going to the Stanley Cup Finals, do you think that it really? I, I me personally, I think that they're so battle tested and gritted for the playoffs that they don't give a shit, no. man. I, I think that they're like, yeah, so what? We get Boston in our in our first series. It doesn't matter. It, well, they, we'll play them. We'll the play Leafs. Toronto. It's going to be Toronto, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Right. 
And it, I don't. I just don't think that it, it it matters to them. You know, they're just like, look, we're here to win a cup. We'll play whoever it is, and um, and we're gonna take it to them. You know, I I think they see blank jerseys. To be honest with you, they're just like whatever. You're just standing in our way. You're just standing in our yeah. way to another yeah. cup. That's all that it is. We're we're looking forward to Boston. You know, something like yeah. that. It's yeah, they're most likely going to play Toronto, and it's pretty much right now. <laughs> it's gonna be the battle for home ice advantage. You know, because they're okay. like Tampa's within four points of them, and you know the Leafs can go on a little cold streak, but the Leafs could get hot. The, I, the Leafs, I think, are equipped. They could beat them, but like you yeah. said, it's just so many uh, wars. Can they grit it out? Uh, yeah, Tampa. You know? They, they honestly, the Hawks should have beat them last night, and Tampa, like yeah. good teams, they find a way. Like you, Braden Point opens himself up in the slot, gets away from his man, and buries the, the game winner. You know, that's just good teams right. find ways, and that's what Tampa did yesterday. And I, For me, Tampa versus Toronto, the X factor is Vasilevsky. I mean, he no goalie on Toronto matches up even close to him. So that's yeah. going to be the key, and if I had to call that series right now, I'm, I'd say Tampa in six. Wow. Yeah, but I, I mean, I I love what the Leafs have done. They've they've done everything they could to match up against them. But I just, for me, it's the goaltending. I think the goaltending is going to come down to that, and Tampa's got better goalie. That's just how it is. Here's another thing: is is uh, Austin Matthews gonna is he going to be scoring or is he going to be cold? Well, he's had a cold season this year. If I mean, if you yeah. look at last year, he scored sixty. This year, he's I think barely at thirty. And uh, I, I saw a funny picture of him and, you know, they had McDavid stats next to him and then they had yeah. Matthews and <laughs> the guy's like, please stop comparing the two. It's not fair. It's not fair to McJesus. I think I saw that Yeah, too. it's not fair to McJesus. So. <laughs> you can't really compare him to anybody. No, man. he's a freak. And I really, I'm going to stick with my gut on this one. I think that he's going to carry that Oilers team to win the West. Wow. If he goes down, they're fucked. Yeah, most likely. I mean, it, dry cycle goes down, they're in trouble too. But, you know, hopefully... It, actually, I don't know if you saw last night, Matthews and him got into a little uh, little collision yesterday. It looked like Matthews kind of stuck his leg out, like a knee-to-knee really? type of thing. So McDavid turns around and knocks a stick right out of his hands. Who do they call the penalty on? On uh, Matthews? No, they call it on, oh, call really? it on McDavid, and McDavid's shaking his head. They're like, are you freaking kidding me? This late in the season, you're going to try something like that. You know, I'd be pissed yeah. off too if I were was McDavid. Yeah. That's why you need a freaking enforcer on your team because that shit ain't going to happen. Hey, that's an interesting conversation, yep. man, because you know what? I, I think we've had this before, yep. but this is something that, you know, you just can't, just can't ignore is that skilled players are, are in danger because the, a lack of the enforcer. But you know what? Hold on. Before we get into that, before we get into the enforcer, because I got something to say about that, I got to give him, I got to put a message out from DraftKings. The next action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to one, up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action on hockey, baseball, basketball, golf, MMA, and more. 
Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Now, if there is one game I'm going to watch this week, it's going to be the Blackhawks versus the Bruins on Tuesday. The Bruins have been wrecking, been a wrecking ball of a team this year, going over every team that they play. They have only nine losses so far. It would be fitting for the Blackhawks who are at the bottom of the league to give them their 10th loss, but because sometimes it's just how the puck rolls, you know? So, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And, Matt, you know it starts this week? March Madness, my friend. March Madness starts on Thursday. I can't, I absolutely can't wait. Also... I got a message from Manscaped. They're selling beard products. That's right. They're once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code TOMAHAWK20 for 20% off and free shipping. Tame your mane, guys. Can't be walking around with a scraggly beard. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code Tomahawk20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping, manscaped.com. Now, back to the podcast. Matt, the enforcer. I think that he's sorely missed, and I don't think that guys like Matthews is are going to be going around. Last year, I would probably say it was... Um, What's his name? PK going around slew footing every guy, everybody who comes into the vicinity of him. If he wouldn't be doing that, if there's a Bob Probert at the end of the uh, at the end of the bench, <laughs> and I think that there is a spot for an enforcer, but he has to be a skilled enforcer and not just somebody running out there. Like Bob Probert. At- yeah, yeah. Guy put up thirty. You know, goals. Though, I think I think uh, I think Proby. He was actually a pretty good player, though, too. Yeah. If if he wanted to be, yeah, everybody that talks about Proby, like very popular player, Stevie Y, uh, Tony Imani, even said he. You put him on a line with a good center, and another good winger. He's a very good hockey player, and he knew his yeah. role. And uh, you know, he's he he's. I th- believe he was an All Star one season. There's a picture of him, Gretzky, and Messier together. <laughs> so I mean, he the guy knew how to score, but and I agree with you that you, they should be able to, you know, know how to play. Not just like a David Kochi type of guy <laughs> call this guy up to get wrecked. And you know, yeah, John Scott wasn't bad. You know, he he could play. He wasn't that great, but he he was known more for the fists and everything. Uh, who's the who would you say the top dog is? Ryan Reeves. Yeah. yeah, I'm really not intimidated by him that much. I know he's he can he can fight and everything, but he I wouldn't fight him. I, I wouldn't fight him either. But I'm compared to the old school guys we grew up watching. I think he'd get wrecked. Yeah. He'd get wrecked. And all you have to ask people who you know that are anti enforcer or anti fighting, if if you're playing against the Detroit Red Wings, and you look at Stevie Y, and you're a man. Should I hit this guy now? Hey, maybe I should. He's pissing me off. He's getting around me easy. I'm gonna slash him. And if you see number freaking twenty four staring through your soul, are you gonna lay a finger on Stevie Y? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna even breathe next to him. That's how scary Probert was. And I, yeah, I think was. guys are needed. Uh, there was another another hit. Um, I actually tweeted about it. it I think it was Vince Dunn. He's on the Kraken. Good defenseman. 
took a cheap shot, elbow to the face, dirty, dirty play. He's cut up, bleeding, no penalty called, and he looks at the refs, he's MFing them, and you gotta be kidding me, how do you miss that? <laughs> he gets the penalty. So, I mean, I think it's it's time to try to, maybe try to bring these guys back, just to kind of police this problem out. Yeah. I think there's a lack of respect, to be honest with you, from some guys, you know, they're just... Um, I just think that there's a lack of respect in, in in some instances. I just love the old-time hockey, too. I mean, it was fun. You know, you, you got the game to look forward to, and then you got the other game inside the game. You got the you got the Probert and Domi match that's, you know, they've been pushing the whole, the whole game, the pregame, and say the third period, it finally happens after a dirty hit by Domi. Say he hit Ronick or something, and Tony Amati and Proby comes out and they fight. I mean, that was fun, man. I really, I really loved watching that. And you know yeah. what? And then they stop. Sure, there's going to be guys that take runs at star players, but at least it's in your mind. Like, hey, I'm going to have to answer to this. Like, look, Marty McSorley, he, he, <laughs> Dave Semenko. If you laid a finger on Gretzky, you know you're you're dead. Like, you can't yeah. touch him. He, you're dead. And Gretzky's credited him for his whole career. Like he's like these guys made it easier for me to play. I I'm so grateful that they were on my team. Even guys like you know, say for instance, Jamie Dunn. You know, like he's probably the the closest example of being like Brandon Shanahan, except Brandon Shanahan scored more than he did. You know. It's somebody that you wouldn't, you know, if you're going to go cross-check, say, you know, McDavid in the corner, you know, Shanahan's going to, he's going to go and get a hat trick and then he's going to go and, and beat the shit out yeah, of you. Yeah, he, he you was know? underrated, man. He, he's got he like was. 600 goals. He could fight he you. And, and, you know, I hated him because he was a Red Wing, obviously, but. Right. I mean, you look, look him now as an adult and like knowing the game better, like, damn, dude, those are rare breeds right there. I think he had 646 goals. Yeah, I remember he went to the Rangers, uh, I believe, after the that one lockout in 05. And him and Yager were on the same line. I think they both got 600 goals that year. The The two legends were wow. playing on the same line together. Yeah, and he looked like, I'm like, damn, man. The guy won a lot of Stanley Cups, uh, scored a lot of goals, and now he's the president of the freaking Leafs. The guy knows his hockey. So very underrated yeah. guy. I never gave him enough respect, I guess. Actually, I got to take that back. He didn't score 646. He scored 656. Damn. That's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And he was known for those Red Wing dynasties. He was so good with Stevie Y and Sergey Fedorov, man. What a, what a freaking yeah. franchise that was. Can you believe that? Yeah. And he hold on a second. Listen to this. He had 656 goals while also having 2,489 penalty minutes. So that's a lot of fighting majors and some game misconducts <laughs> because of the yeah. fighting probably. From fighting, probably, yeah. Probably got a thousand just for playing the avalanche those years. Probably. Yeah. Wow. He had 237 power play goals. Very creative player. And, you know, he could fight. He could defend his teammates and... That's kind of what the new age enforcer should be like. Yeah. Wow. He was the first round pick, second pick overall. He's he definitely um, New Jersey Devils, he right? Def yeah. yeah. He definitely he definitely lived up to his uh, his billing. You don't really see that very often, man. You know, like say Patrick Kane, he definitely lived up to his his billing. Um, I would say Taves did. Um, 
Crosby. Definitely. Cro- yeah. You know, Crosby is, is a little different because Crosby was predicted to be the next one. You know, yeah. that's what they called him, Sid the Kid, the next one, you yeah. know. And he had all of this pressure on him coming to, um, you know, coming to Pittsburgh. I mean, hell, Mario Lemieux even played an extra season just to kind of help Crosby with, you know, what he was facing, you know, and yeah. dude, it didn't, it didn't face him at all. He came in, man, right away and, and he started contributing. Yep. Didn't he make it to the Stanley Cup final in his, um, I think his third year, second third year, year, maybe second or third yeah, 08, year he did. Right? They lost. Yeah, they lost yeah. 08 and then they won 09. Back right. to back, they made it. That was a very good team that they assembled. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, yeah. uh, Sergei Gonchar, Jordan Stahl, very good player. He's still around. He's the captain of the Hurricanes yeah. now. And he was great Malkin for them. was healthy, you know. And then you had really good role guys that they filled in. They, I think Fedotenko was on that team. He was a Stanley Cup winner with Tampa back in the day. They brought yeah. in Mark Recchi a couple times. And it, it brought Hosa in the one year. It didn't work out. It was actually, <laughs> yeah, the first year they brought Hosa in at the deadline. I think he was with right. the, the Thrashers, the Atlanta Thrashers at the time. And, you know, they, they, they put some good players around Sid. They did. Uh, you know, kind of ironically, Jordan Stahl, he was drafted. He was the second pick overall in that 2006 draft. Uh, Taves was drafted third. I think that they kind of mixed those two dudes up. Yeah. Stahl was good, but he wasn't uh, He was a Jonathan Taves. Stahl though. is more, you know, he is a very responsible defensive guy, but Taves earlier on could put up the numbers, and that's what separated right. them. Yeah. Who went first that round? Uh, you know, let me look that up. Hold that on one, one second. That t- 2006 draft. Yeah, it was it was Stahl and then Taves. I forget who went one. It wasn't. Uh, Can't be Malkin, I'm gonna right? go, No, I'm going to go on a win. Women say Eric Johnson. because oh. I want to say he had no. I because I, I want to say he had no no business being so, there. So that if yeah, it was so, yeah, it was so Eric Johnson. If you redid that. That would definitely be Taves. Should went first. Absolutely, yeah, Taves. Taves. Uh, let me look at who's That's left an interesting here. Draft class. That was St. Louis, right? They had the first round pick. Oh um, man, they yeah, botched they did. that one. Yeah, they did. It would. It should have been Taves, Backstrom, Nick Backstrom. Wow, Backstrom what a, what a class. Phil Kessel, and then even Phil um, and, at three. I would probably feel yeah, safer. and then and then Jordan Stahl. Yeah, Phil. Phil's still good. You know, he's got. The, he's the Iron Man. <laughs> Phil, the Iron Man, the hot dog man. <laughs> Brian Little is in that. Uh, wow, yeah, he, that, he disappeared. Uh, he was with a draft. Claude Giroux went twenty uh, second. Wow, you know, actually thinking about that, I would have moved Giroux up to maybe number two. Maybe Taves no. Giroux, Kessel? Taves Giroux. No, I would have went or Backstrom. Taves Backstrom yeah. Giroux Kessel. Yeah, I, that sounds about right. I, I would probably do that too. Who was the top goalie in that draft? Is there any? Uh, it's very interesting draft class, man. It's been a while. Bar- it looks like. Oh wait, I don't even know who the hell this is. Wow. Uh, um, Riku Hel Helenius, Tampa Bay. <laughs> it didn't work out. <laughs> okay. Man, uh, let me see here. Ty Wishart. I never heard of him. D. No. He was drafted 16. No. Um, Sometimes it's how it goes. Varlamov was drafted 23rd. Wow. Well, Varley, I believe, is still with the Islanders. I think okay. he's around, uh, playing behind Sorokin. 
Foligno with Ottawa, 28. Let me see who else is kind of a named guy here. Going to be dying out soon. These guys are getting old. A lot of these dudes, man. I don't know who a lot of these guys are. Enroth. Yeah, I remember him. Jonas. Jonas Henry. Lucic was drafted 50th. Yeah, he's probably on the back nine. Maybe the last hole with him. He's Yeah, yeah, he's getting up there. Keith Seabrook was drafted number 52 in the second round. That's like being Brett Gretzky, you know? Yeah, (laughs) man. It is. Yeah, it's really rough. They even drafted, uh, let me see here, Anisimov was drafted 54th. I thought that he was a good player. Well, here's something that you, here's a cool fact. The Gretzky brothers have the most points in an NHL, uh, <laughs> an NHL fan, or sure they family do. tandem. <laughs> I think Wayne's got a million and then Brett has like seven. So they're still winning. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they look a lot alike too, which is really funny. Yeah, I actually, I actually met him, his brother, in a tournament when I was coaching in uh, Niagara Falls. He was coaching a really? Silver Sticks team. Yep, this was back in '06. Nice guy. He, they were that was kind of like the main guy. His team was coming in and pretty much throttled everybody, but it was still cool. It was a Gretzky. His uh, Walter Gretzky was there too. Uh, Wayne's dad. It was it was a fun yeah. time. I heard he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, I think he he passed. I want to say a couple of years ago. Oh, he was oh, he was so nice. He was handing out um, kind of like postcards with him and his son on it. He's hugging them and stuff, and he signed it. Walter Gretzky. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I got one. Yeah. Wow, very nice guy. So Matt. Jonathan Quick is 3-0 and for the Knights, oh which is pretty scary if you're the Kings. Apparently, the Kings needed to they needed to shed some, some cap space, hmm. but they did it in like the most, in the worst way possible. Not even letting the guy know ahead of time, like, hey, look, we need to do this. Do you think that that's going to come and haunt them, you know, when, say, come playoff well, time? Looking at the standings now, uh, I th- the Knights are probably going to face... The first wild card team because they're the best. Well, it, Dallas is competing with them too. You, you never know, I guess. It, it, they, they could face each other, man. And if Quick beats them, I think that's a lot of motivation for him. Like, hey, you guys made a mistake. You shouldn't have done that to me. He's gonna be a like a man on a mission here. I'd be a little yeah. scared if I was uh, Rob Blake right now. Like, hey, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I should have just let him finish his you know his contract out as a king and maybe retire. But now he's Kind of almost like poking a bear, you know? So yeah. could, it could come back and haunt him, dude. Really could. What What do you think like the like the the Kings are, are thinking right now? Like the players, like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to play we're gonna have to play quickie. Well, it's gonna be in their heads, obviously. I mean, they're gonna be like, Wow, this is just how the hockey karma works sometimes, you know, the hockey gods are gonna punish us for doing this. And uh I'd be scared, man, because they know what he's capable of. You know, he, they better hope that that dude doesn't like the hockey gods. Don't say, "Hey, we're going to bless you with your your 2014 uh, body." <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> for for this series, the 2012 you know? Jonathan Quick, who had like 13 shutouts and or was maybe 10 or whatever. But he, don't forget, he lost 15 games, one to nothing, too, because we couldn't score goals. They, the Kings still have problems, you know, scoring yeah, goals. They do. And Vegas, they were explosive. I, I, I haven't watched too much of them, but now it seems like they got a solid playoff goalie. 
since you know Mar- yeah. the Mark Andre Fleury days. I don't know when Robin Leonard's coming back, but I think that was yeah. a great trade for the Knights to get an insurance policy with Quick. He's, I mean, look, three and zero, just shut out the Hurricanes yesterday, four nothing. Very good hockey team, and they're a good hockey team, man. But they're like dying to just do it like an an early, um, like just jump out of the playoffs early. I, I I expect second rounders. A, a, a second round, a second round. Well, uh, exit. I wonder, like, if the season ended today, they would probably be facing. <laughs> they'd probably be facing the Rangers. So <laughs> that's like I said, second round. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good series, I think. I mean, they could play. You know, I think they'd go every. They could go every round, seven games, just because they're a good team, good coach. Uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't know if it's enough this year with, I think Boston is just, man, they're wrecking everybody. But on the other hand, I'm thinking like, hey, you guys are peaking real early and you're yep. going to run into a team that's very, very, very desperate. That's been battling yeah. just to get in the playoffs. Sometimes that's, I mean, that's Jonathan Quick and the LA Kings. That's what they yeah. used to do every year. So come in eighth. You got to be careful if you're the Bruins, you don't. <laughs> You could be confident all you want, but in the playoffs, it's a clean slate. It's zero and zero. So, hopefully, they're they're respecting their opponent because they're. I don't think it's going to be easy for them. Yeah, I don't no matter who it is, it's going to be it's tough playoff hockey. I mean, you got your confidence. Yeah, we won historic sixty games, whatever they're going to end up winning. But man. I, I wouldn't want to run into a team like even Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's kind of right on the fence, and they're battle-tested, too. They know how to win. Their core is very good. So, yeah. I, I mean, maybe they can beat them. Probably could, but you never know with Pittsburgh. You never know with Sid the Kid. I know. You know, I, one thing I can tell you is that these teams who who kind of use, you know, President Trophy teams, they always run into problems in the playoffs because they never really had much adversity during the regular season. Yeah. And when the team starts facing that adversity in the playoffs, it's like 10 times as bad. Um, you know, obviously the Washington Capitals always oh come to mind, yeah. man, because they would, they, they would always wreck the NHL during the regular season and then bow out in the first round. But yeah, usually Sid was the reason, too. <laughs> Getting Yeah. You know, they they weren't first place or anything, but they'd run into him like say the second round and Bruce Boudreaux you know, always ran into Sid the Kid, Malkin and Flurry back in the day, Matt Murray. Latang. Yeah, they just uh they just knew how to win. Coach Sullivan, very good coach too. He's been there for a while and probably another really good coach I like. I mean I'd I'd probably rank him and Coop being very at least top five for me. John Cooper, Tampa, sure. just a Really good dude, knows his team, loves his team, they love him. Rod Brendamore, Sullivan, and I don't know who else, but I mean Sutter, he's not having a great year with the with the Flames this year, but there's some really good coaches that I could see are gonna just continue to play for the same or coach the same franchise for may, maybe another decade. That's just how good they are. <laughs> so Keener um is Finally scored his first goal for the Rangers. It was a pretty nice Power one play. too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, do you think that that's like kind of turning the corner for him? I think he needed to get that monkey off his back. I know he he's hard yeah. on himself. We've seen him, you know, he, here if he's not scoring enough, he's real tough on himself. And when he does score, he lets out like a crazy lion roar. 
you know, like get yeah. the frick off my back, stuff like that. And, yeah. but I think he needed that. He ended up scoring yesterday against his uh, hometown team, the Sabres. And, um, it's when he scores they're two and oh, and when he doesn't score, they're zero and two. So, Hey, they need him. I, I, that's usually the case though, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> they need him. So, Kaner's obviously he's going to be an unrestricted free agent coming this offseason. Personally, I don't think that he's going to uh, sign with the Rangers because there's just no room. Where do you think? Um, where do you think? Ta- I mean, uh, where do you think Kaner li- uh, winds up? I think Kaner is going to put on Ozzy Osbourne, "Mama, I'm coming home," and he's going to play for <laughs> the Buffalo Sabers. And I think the Sabers ah. have the cap space. Uh, they'll probably offer him maybe three, four years. Maybe say, hey, Kaner, want to put the C on you? Be the captain of the hometown team. You know how many tickets they'd sell? Their season tickets oh would be gosh. unbelievable. They, they'd probably sell out in maybe a day. And, right. I mean, they got a lot to offer to him, too. Tage Thompson they do. maybe hit 50 goals this year. Uh, Kaner's never really had that sniper. Shoot first guy since, I mean, Debrinkatti's had, but not Debrinkatti's good. But he's, I don't think he's at the level of Tage Thompson right now. This guy is okay. scoring. He scored five goals in one game, I think, the other. Yeah, I he mean, did. this guy is just a natural shooter, and he can shoot from anywhere. He's very creative. You know, Debrinkatti's kind of had the the Ovi like one timer. Sure. Thompson, every time I see him... He could score in breakaways, though, yeah, too. Yeah, he could, but Tage Thompson is more of just a, a guy who's he's just got a great shot, great eye for the net, and Kaner's never really had a guy like that. And I think the $17 million cap space they have, they're going to be clearing some long-term guys. I think uh, Ocposo, you know, he's he had a higher cap hit, and he's going to be UFA. And, you know, I, Kaner's always... Even when we when he was with the Hawks, he'd play Buffalo. He'd always elevate his game. You know, this is my hometown team. I'm going to go out and score a goal in front of my friends and stuff and family. Yeah. I, I can really see him signing there because I think Buffalo has a lot to offer for him. And the cap space is important, too, because he's, he's probably going to get paid a little bit. I could see, like, a Buffalo overpaying a little bit, maybe $8 million a year, four years, $32 million contract. I can see it. And... uh I think it would be good for him. I don't think he's going to be with the Rangers, like you said, because they pretty much had to move hell and earth just to get him to play. I think he's like a two point or two. They're paying him two point something million. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, Florida, or thank you, uh, Coyotes, for paying the other half. Thank you, Hawks. <laughs> it's just not going to work. But yeah. I'm going to I'm going to stick with that. I think the Sabers 88 is going to be wearing a Saber jersey. So a one one hundred percent. I um I'm 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 uh, I've got one foot in that boat, and I got one foot in the come back home in the Blackhawks. Davidson. Yeah. yeah, Davidson says, "Hey, Kaner, you know, obviously we didn't want to do that. We didn't want to trade you, but we got what we thought that we, we could did it for, for you. you. Yeah, we we got Get your. your we did right by you. We gave you an opportunity to go win another cup. <laughs> we just drafted Connor Bedard, and this yeah. young team." needs uh needs leadership why don't you come on come on back johnny's retiring he's going to hand you the c himself personally and um and and lead this young new blackhawks team uh into a new um into a new era and um we'll pay you uh we'll give you a seven mil. that i can see 
like if he waits for the Hawks to get say we got Bedard, that would yeah. be very appealing to him, I think. And yeah. he's even raved about him before in like prospect camps and camps they've done together. He was one of the most noticeable players, he said. That I can see. I so I'm gonna go with Buffalo, my first choice, and the Hawks second. He'll come home right. if we end up getting Bedard. Right. What and you know, mentioning Bedard, you know, what you know, Adam Fantelli is somebody that I've mentioned to you before. He's somebody somebody that I like because um, I read about him in this in the latest, you know, the the the, the what did the the Canadians win recently? I'm oh, drawing the a blank. World Juniors. The yeah. World Juniors. You know, he was on that World Juniors team. You know, he's obviously a, a highly touted prospect, but they had him playing a different way, and he said that I had to check my ego. And uh, and and play in in a way that I'm not used to, in a way that um that's kind of foreign to me. Uh, but I I looked at it as a learning opportunity, and I thought that um, what did he say? He's like I thought that it was good uh, opportunity to kind of check my ego and help this team win. You know what, dude? That that is something that you can't teach. It's something that you could mention to somebody, but th- they don't get that until they. Until they hit a certain part of their life, typically, especially if you're a star all your life, coming into your 20s and you're going to make it into the NHL, that's a pretty hard pill to swallow. You usually don't get that until your 30s. If that's something that he's learned now. That means that he's coachable. It means that he's a kid with some really high. You know, he has a lot of talent, but more importantly, his coach can tell him something and him be able to check himself and 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 learn. And um, it makes you wonder if other guys are, are, are in that headspace and what kind of player he could be. I don't think that he could be a, say, like a, a Connor Bedard, a Connor, McD- Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby type of franchise player. But I think that he can be a possibly maybe even a Jonathan Taves type of player, someone who kind of puts the team, um, you know, the overall um, ahead, ahead of himself. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, well, he's going to be drafted projecting second behind Connor Bedard. So, obviously, he's going to be a franchise piece for, you know, whatever team drafts him for, right. you know, maybe the next decade. So, right. for him to say that, it's very mature. He's, uh, you know, he's going he's gonna to learn the egos and stuff. There, a lot of guys were like that. You know, they're... Uh, Kirby Doc, I in my opinion, I thought he kind of had one coming yeah, in very confident. And when you he was good, yeah, but he just he, he's good. He but when you play against elite guys, you're you're not the freaking big fish anymore. You know you're right. like it, there's freaks out there like McDavid. You know he could dominate in any league he plays. But there there's guys that you know, like I can even say like me when I played, I was very very good in sixth through eighth grade hockey. I, I can, that was probably the peak for me. And then I go to high school, I'm smaller and I'm playing against guys that are, you know, freaking, they got beards, you know, and I, you jump up and it's like, Whoa. And you know, it, yeah. it wasn't as good for me, but it's just, he, he's, it, he sees that and he, it, to recognize that that's, that's very mature and it's good for whatever GM's going to draft him. Like this guy is, he gets it, you know, even playing yeah. with Team Canada, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be the freaking stud. It's kind of a tardis, you know? 
I got to yeah. just know my role and do my job. And that's what he did. He had a good tournament too. And he's he having did. a great college run right now. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm trying. I was trying to look up the stats. The For some reason, the, um, the stats aren't up to date, I don't think. But I think he's close to 30 something goals, which is very high for high school. Or I'm sorry, college. Very, oh. very high. You don't really see, like, Taves didn't put up numbers like that. In college, yeah, he didn't. they didn't. It just, there's, there's not that many games. They play weekends and stuff. It's not like juniors where, you know, Connor Bedard has 65 goals and 55 games type of thing. It's different, but right. that's very impressive for NCAA. And a fantastic. He's actually um, goals per game. He ranks number one in the NCAA. So very impressive, and you know he, he's going to be like I told you before. He's going to be a good silver, silver. Uh, Consolation silver medal prize to have if you don't get the first overall pick. Yeah, I agree. There's another kid in here named Jason Poland. Have you heard of no, him? No, I haven't. He's from Western Michigan and uh, goals per game. He's tied with Adam Fantilli. He what? He's on Western Michigan. Western, Western Michigan, Michigan, right? Okay. Yeah, Adam is on the University of Michigan, right? He's uh, right. What is it? A Wolver? He's on. Yeah, Wolverine. he's with Frank Nazar, right? So right, uh, yeah, he's gonna he's eighteen. He's gonna be he's gonna be a stud wherever he ends up. You know, it might maybe take a year of development in the AHL or whatever, but you know, still that's that's like I said, it's a good it's a good runner up prize. And if the Hawks get him, they'd be they'd be in good shape because he could shoot. He's just I, he's definitely a shooter. And you got Reichel, who seems to be more of a passer. So that's just right. what you kind of. You kind of fill these guys in together and see, you kind of hope it, you know, it works. So hopefully that's, if that were to happen, I'd be very happy with it. Yeah, I think I would be too. Do you think that that would be a reason enough for Kaner to come back? Say, hey, you know what? This kid's really yeah, good too. I don't know. I it, it could be. I'm sure he's following it all. You know, he's watching. Or even other players in the NHL, you know, say Austin Matthews. He's like, you know what? We just lost to Tampa again. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm sick of it. I'm done yeah. here in, in in freaking Toronto. You know, wh what else is out there for I, me? I don't know. That, that's a tough one with Austin Matthews. I, they have to pay him, dude, or he's if, gone. If they don't they, win. They absolutely have to. Yeah. They have to sign him to a contract as soon as they can because if, if this— if this contract thing drags out, he's just going to leave because they're going to lose. They're going to, they're not going to get anything for him. Yeah. If they don't win, if they get knocked out in the first round this year and is he, his contract's up next year, right? He's got one more year. Right. Yeah. If the negotiations aren't going well, I think it, you know, trade, get your picks and hope for another gym coming up because it's not going to happen. <laughs> if they, um, if they don't win, if they don't get past Tampa, if they don't get past the second round, I think that um, Austin Matthews might be traded at the uh, at the draft. Which yes, it's smarter because his value is a lot higher. You know, you never know right. if he you know gets hurt or just not right. having a great season. I think that's kind of they what they messed up with Kane. Right, and um, yeah, it's something to consider if you're Dubas because you can't, you're not going to be able to pay these guys. And they can't, they can't, um, they, they lose their leverage every single day after that, because they can say, Hey, teams can just say, you know what? We're not gonna, we're not going to give you anything because he's going to walk for free this summer. He walks and we don't have to give you anything. And, um, and T Toronto is, is on the, um, 
you know, they're going to be on the short end of the stick at that point. If he does, if they don't win the cup or at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals, they have to trade him at. I think that they have to trade him at the trade deadline. Yeah, or the draft for sure. I mean, it, oh, the, I'm sorry, I meant the draft. Well, if they say they make it to the East Finals this year and they lose, I think that's mm-hmm. worth keeping them to the deadline. If you no, know, you know, the negotiations aren't going well, right. But if they lose in the first round, they might want to consider it. They'll, they'll, they will get the, the what do they call it? The king's ransom. Whoever's gonna, they're yeah. gonna get probably three first round picks. Probably, you know, an amazing prospect, maybe an NHL player or two, and that would be a win for the the Leafs. Just because, I, I, I how do you keep them, man? We ran into this problem every year with the Hawks. We had our top three yeah. guys. We always had to move certain pieces, certain good pieces, and bring up a guy barely making league minimum. And we just we try to make it work, and it just doesn't work. And that's what the Leafs are going to have to figure out. Well, I think the biggest difference between um, the difference between them and the Hawks was that the Hawks were winning, though. Yeah, we were winning cups, which you know? made it a lot better, a lot easier yeah. to swallow. But it, yeah, I mean, it's like okay, yeah, we lost in the Western Conference Finals. That sucks, but we still have a great team. We have guys who can play and deliver in the playoffs. They've done it before. We know what we have with Kane and Taves and Seabrook and Keith and. Um, and uh, Crawford and Sharp, you know, and so, you know, we're going to keep rolling with these guys because these guys are proven winners. This team, they can't get past the first round, you know, and it's like, okay, well, um, they don't, they don't have that luxury that the Blackhawks had. And I think that they're in a different boat than what the Blackhawks were in where they have to, but then, then again, how do you change it up? Is there too much talent there? You know, is there, is there too much going on with that team where, they can't, um, you know, they can't get past because maybe some guys aren't getting enough time. Maybe William William Nylander isn't getting enough playing time because, you know, this guy has proven himself in the playoffs. He scores he's points. a great season this year, too. Yeah, yep. he's having a great season this year. You know, how much is John Tavares worth to you when he's not scoring in the playoffs? Well, he's locked up. That's the problem. Well, yeah. he is, yeah. I think he's got a full no-movement clause full as no well. no-movement clause. He signed till 2020 the 25-26 season so yeah yeah it's another four three four years yeah austin is signed till 20 24-25 so what about mitch mitch marner mitch, mitch marner's been pretty consistent though mitchell marner is yep yeah, he's 25-26 same as uh tavares so okay. these guys are gonna have so to figure got, it out <laughs> yeah and especially when you've got when they're saying that uh, Austin Matthews wants uh, fifteen million a year. Yeah, well, he's at eleven six. You got you yeah. got Tavares at ten point. No, I'm sorry. Mitch is at ten point nine. Tavares is at an even eleven. So Mitch and Austin are going to want raises. Their cap space right now available is eight hundred thousand. That's well. You can get a you can get a guy who's willing to sign less than that, but he's going to be a fourth line AHL dude. So sure, yeah. I don't know how they're going to do that unless the cap goes up a lot, which I don't think it's. I think it's only going up a little bit. I mean, they're talking about keeping guys like Ryan O'Reilly and stuff like that. I just don't see how I don't, you, how I don't see that. how you can do it. And I think Matthews is probably going to want to test 
free agency because he's American. It's not a big deal for him to play in Canada. Somebody said that, and I agree with him. I think Ronick once said yeah. that. He goes, it's, it's not a big deal. We're Americans. You guys, it's different for you guys. We, we just want to play and get paid, you know? Yeah. So I, I could see him going somewhere else, man. And I don't, yeah. I don't know who's going to be able to afford him, quite honestly. He might have to go to another bad team. You mentioned the cap, and and this is precisely the problem with Toronto. When the, when the Hawks were winning cups, th- these the the team, these guys, I think Hosa was the only one that was on his big contract. They, I mean, I think Taves and Kaner, they had that that bridge deal that you know that five year six point three million cap hit bridge deal that they had, but they weren't making top money like other guys. Yeah, were. they made the jump, and, and yeah. And and Seabrook and Keith weren't making top money at that time. When they, when they were making top money, when everybody was making top money, that's when they weren't winning cups anymore. And Toronto missed that window. They missed that window where these guys were on smaller contracts where they can fill in holes a lot easier. Everybody's making a ton of money uh, there now. And they haven't won anything. I think that they've kind of missed that window. Well, yeah, I mean, bring back the bridge deal, man. That was best thing for, you know, for hockey. And now it's finish your rookie entry deal and you jump to double digits already. I never understood that. Yeah. And I did make fun of Jack Hughes' contract, and I'm kind of regretting it, and I kind of feel stupid because he's only making eight for eight. And look what he's doing. So far, he's making people like me look very dumb. And uh, good for him. And, you know, he, he... he probably just could have got more, you know, and he he didn't take it or he didn't he didn't get it. But he said, "Hey, I'm going to get the security, the eight years for eight million. That that's nothing, you know." Sure. Matthews jumped from nine hundred fifty thousand to what, what did I say? Thirteen or eleven? Uh, I think eleven. Uh, yeah, eleven point six for what? Nothing. Not even a playoff yeah. win. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think they're going to lose one of those guys, and I know their contracts end kind of close. Maybe they'll take a gamble and give Matthews what he wants, but say goodbye to Mitch. You know, you're not going to, there's no way you're going to be able to afford it. I think their window was when Freddie Anderson and Jack Campbell were their goalies. It just didn't yeah. happen. So, they're, it, this is a big year for them. This this could be the last dance, this playoff series. So yeah. they better get over Tampa. Yeah, 100%. Let us know what you guys think, what's going on with uh, the Enforcer. Let us know what you guys are think is going to happen with uh, with the Blackhawks this offseason. You know, Kaner, where is he going to go? And the state of Tampa, I'm sorry, the state of Toronto going forward. But... Uh, that's all that we got for you tonight, guys. Thank you for listening. Do us a favor if you haven't. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. This is the Tomahawk. We're out of here.